We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw, we go tit for tat, we have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 243 of the pod. I am not Joe Musso. I am Matt Rooney. Joe is off uh, covering, reporting on the future NFL stars of tomorrow or something like that in Indy for the Combine. So I am here with uh, maybe a group that might, might make Joseph mad. It's an all Rooney podcast. We're doing a course review. My brother, Tim, who helped us review Forrest Dunes and Mike did the Ozarks course, not the Ozarks trip. Correct. correct. That was the year. That was your Welcome onto the pod. Welcome back to the pod, guys. I got to ask. It's been about two weeks since since Pebble. How are we how are we doing? How how often are we still thinking about the Pebble trip? Still in withdrawal. It yeah. was very hard to come back to February. Um, I think, think we're thinking on every day. Everybody has Pebble or Pasa gear on right now. That's true. Yeah, the the amount of times I've gone through my pictures is on health is on health. You still need to put your did you did you add your pictures to the photo album yet? No, I just sent you all. Still got to do that. No, he still hasn't. Oh, okay. I sent all of them to Tim, though. <laughs> I guess that's a start. Not I, 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 there has not been a single day that's gone by that I that I haven't woke up and started my day. You know, I walk out of my room and go, come sit at my little chair here for work that I haven't put on a pebble quarter zip, spyglass quarter zip, pasta tiembo hat, something from the trip. I think I've probably worn every day. Um, and I think you guys are probably the same as Mike's wearing his pebble hat. Tim's wearing his spyglass quarter zip. And with the amount of gear you bought, you might not have even gone in duplicates yet. You know, it's uh, no, I still have. It's because you, even though you buy the gear, you still kind of have your favorites. So like I, I, I like everything I bought, but there's you know I, I still have the the two or three things that I, I lean on the most. Um, that that gear, I didn't think there would be a place in the world that would challenge how much I spent at Augusta, but then that second uh, the, the morning of Pebble happened where we found the second pro shop and, and all things were all things were over, all bets were lost there. Well, Augusta was also one day. Does this stand in what five four? That's true. That's a good point. But Four different, Augusta, five different pro shops. Yeah. Augusta, Augusta was pretty unbelievable. But um, as, as we've done here before, the course review um, template of what we, we've done in the past, I want to pull up the, the categories here. We're going to do it a little bit differently because we can't do – necessarily all six categories for all four, four and a half courses. If you count the hay that we've played. Um, so we're going to kind of narrow it down to half doing the resort, have some courses. Um, let's pull up the categories here. Difficulty, fairness, conditions, scenery. We'll do course by course amenities and service. Um, we can say Pasa Tiempo had a very, very nice pro shop and that's about it for that. And their service will do amenities and service for Pebble Beach Resort. And then we're going to do a, a whole by whole draft, which we've already done the order of our, or it's not whole by whole, I guess one par five, one par four, one par three, and a wild card of the, uh, I don't know, Tim, what's, what's 18 times four? You're the math guy. 72, man. It's the number 72 of holes. holes that we yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a thinker. I'm just Technically, uh, 81. If you want to throw in holes from the hay, we can do that. See, that's why I, I don't needed... think any of those are going to make the cut. I don't know. Number two at the hay, which is model after seven, might be a pretty good, maybe a pretty good draft pick if somebody doesn't get number seven at Pebble Beach. I have a, I have a feeling that one's going to go quickly. Um, so let's start out with Pasa Tiempo. Let's start out with the uh, the first course that we played. I guess we can go in order of the four we played. Uh, Tim, let's start with you. Difficulty on Pasa Tiempo. 
difficult. What are we rating on these? These are one to five. We do one through five, and you can use, you know, 2.5 for an example. You guys get pretty granular, yeah. Um, yeah, you can do some decimals. It was probably a three and a half. And I mean, it's a it's a curve. It's a rating on a curve because I'm comparing against other world-class courses, not against Meadowlark down the street. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was a three and a half. It wasn't overly penal off the tee, although you might disagree, disagree. with that statement. Um, you and I play a different game of golf. It, so wasn't overly, it wasn't overly long, but it had some of the most well-bunkered, interesting green complexes that I've ever played and, and they were hard and probably even harder because none of us had played golf in a couple of months with the exception of Mike who played the day before. <laughs> Mike, good segue <laughs> to you. Difficulty for Pasatiempo. Tim, would you have it at three and a half? I said three and a half. Yeah, maybe I'll do like a 3.7. I think for, like first shot off the tee really wasn't that difficult, but once you started getting into your approach and anything around the greens, I thought I think elevated it. Like if if the greens weren't there, it'd be a two and a half, three. But the greens and, and the bunkers, I thought really uh, stood out to me. Probably the best of all the courses we played. I think just in terms of. Well, speed. I guess five lessons out there, but like speed, difficulty, subtlety of the breaks. The bunkers, uh, so yeah, like a 3-7. Yeah, I think you said subtlety of the breaks, and I think that's going to be a common theme throughout all four courses that we played. I think all four of them had not some to more you know, varying degrees than others, but I thought all four greens were very difficult in their own right and all had these very you know subtle breaks that you could, didn't quite see. We'll get to Spyglass, but I thought Spyglass was especially um, the extraordinary in that regard. I'm going to be closer to Mike here. I have like a three, eight, three, nine partially because I didn't play very well. Um, also, I thought there were, free, were a few holes that uh, Tim and Mike are both laughing. Um, there are a few holes that off the tee. And I, like I said, Tim and I play a different style of golf. Tim can hit a ball pretty straight if and when he needs to. I struggle with that sometimes with the driver. So a tighter course like that is, it was more of an old school kind of country club type feel to it. Rather as the other three had a little bit more open layouts to it. And those are the types of courses that I tend to struggle with. Um, and I just, there were some difficult concepts I thought to the course that we, we talked about that length wasn't really the, you could be, you know, as long off the tee as you wanted, but if you weren't accurate, you weren't in the right part of the green, white right quadrant of the green. Um, or if you were a little bit too long, a little bit too short, you're either in sand or good luck to putting from where you were. So I thought they did a great job of challenging you without this massive plot of land that, you know, Pebble Beach had, if that makes sense. I think we're all in the same area there. I mean, yeah. it, it was, it was, a it, was fair, a, it was a fair, not overly difficult golf course. Um, I guess you're getting a fairness next at all. Yeah, so go ahead. I would go right into it. I was, I was, I was just going to say, I thought, of all the golf golf courses we could have started on, I thought that was a difficult first course to start on. Like you said, having not, having not swung a club in a month, except for Mike. Uh, but Tim, go ahead. Fairness there. Um, well, I'm not going to go first for every single one of these kind of set benchmarks, but I will go first for fairness. fairness You're the older binary. brother. You have to set an example. It, I mean, it's pretty binary. I mean, it's either fair or it's not, right? It, and, but yeah. I know I'm supposed to give a number. It's like yeah, a 4.8, sure. like a 4.8, 4.9. There was nothing about that golf course that was unfair. Um with the possible exception of the 16th green, which is their like 
that the par four that you kind of hit him an uphill blind tee shot. And then, Oh, the, with like the big, like Valley gully. Gary the the is just yeah. huge. It's a huge multi-tiered green. I mean, I don't know if it's unfair or not, but it was, it was bordering on gimmicky. Although, you know, a lot of people would say that for a green, like number four law students. And I don't think that's gimmicky or unfair either. So can't really say it's unfair. So I mean, very high four, eight, four, nine. Michael. I, I would have it similar, like a, like a yeah, like a four eight. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember was was there a hole or two that it wasn't necessarily uh, unfair, but like the pin placement. What we yeah, it was. Was was it? Just. There was one. I forgot which way. I think Tim and I. It, it, Tim might have been Tim that said like whoever was making the pins that day had a bad night. It, you know, didn't sleep yeah, very well the yeah. night before. Had a pretty bad night. They had. Uh, it was maybe like twelve. I want to say or thirteen. That short par four. They kind of dog leg, just like slight little dog leg to the left. And the group in front of us had the one guy that, you know, tried chipping and then putting up the green three different times and had the yeah, ball roll yeah. back 45. I think that feet. was on 18, but there were a number of pins. 18 was part three. Fair, but it's like we, I feel like on 18 holes, we might have gotten 12 or 13 hardest location on the green type pins, unless the greens are just that hard. We, we did have some Sunday yeah, we pins. We got so. hard flags. We did get hard flags. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there. And I they just kind of talked about my piece that with I'm right there with you around a four. I'll give it a four, eight. Um, what do we have next here? What did I say? I got to pull up my podcast list here. Conditions. I thought this might be the one place I had a little bit of a semi knock to it. But Mike, why don't we start with you since Tim doesn't want to start? What was it? Fairness? Conditions. Fairness. We just did fairness. Okay. There you go. Uh, conditions. It was like a three, five. There were like a few holes that I don't want to say they were like ill manicured, but um, it wasn't perfect. Um, kind of, I'm trying to think of the, the words, but like flag creaky. And yeah, I like where the fairway met the met the rough, and it just wasn't perfect, but like it wasn't bad. So like yeah, yeah like a three five. There were, I probably have it like a three, two. I think there's a high bar to clear given the other courses that we played. And I think the, I didn't know exactly what to expect from Pasa Tiempo going into it. And I, I think when we, I, you see on golf digest, it's top 25 course in the country, public course in the country. Um, I was expecting like perfectly pristine, kind of like what we saw throughout the rest of the trip. And I just, maybe it was better than I thought. And I just had this perfect image of it in my head, but I thought I, I talked to you guys, like there were some, you know, some, some tall grass, like in between the tee and the fairway, like, you know, or like a way, way off that um, wasn't really perfectly manicured, kind of looked unkempt a little bit and just looked like it would needed to be mowed. And I'm not saying don't have these like spots of tall grass or don't have these, you know, spots where um, you're not obviously supposed to hit the ball, but I thought they could have done a better job of making those a little bit more like aesthetically pleasing and keeping it a little bit more kept for how tall you're going, you know, for your tall grass, for your out of bounds areas. Yeah, it's like a like a mid threes, you know, like three five. Three, you know, the, the the one caveat I'll throw out to that Matt is it's and it's easier to forget since the weather we had all weekend was gorgeous. It is yeah. winter, right? We're like we were out there, in, and I know it's California, California. doesn't really get winter, but it it is winter, and so I'm sure there's a little bit of that that you saw, and they're probably not trying to overly you know color pesticide or water some of the stuff that's further away, but. I, I agree with you that there some of the aesthetics were probably not as um, 
pleasing as there's certainly as the other three courses, but I didn't see any conditions that affected my play necessarily. That's, I would, I would very much agree with that. There weren't, you know, the, the greens weren't bumpy. There weren't a whole lot of divots or, you know, unmowed like rough and all that stuff. I think aesthetically the conditions could have been, could have been better. I think that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, amenities. You want to just talk about the pro shop? Mike, what'd you get? Um, what I get? I got a hat and a vest at Pasta Tampa. I, thought it was I, knew, I, just, I wanted to set you up for the vest because I knew you liked the vest and probably I wanted do. I, got the, I wore the vest today. It was a nice, it's like 60. It was nice in New York too. But, uh, it's nice here. It's 55. Uh, like, a, like a four, two out of five. There, there was um, the amenities. I would, I would include driving range in there too. The yeah, the range kind of sucked. It was pretty poor, um, but it is an old course. So I, I kind of gave it a pass just because it's, you know, it's super old. The guys weren't bombing the ball like they are today in the driving range. Um, but yeah, like a, like a four, two. Yeah. The range was rough. I mean, yeah, probably like a four for me. I mean, the, the range was rough, but at least it had a range, which, you know, sneak preview. One of the courses at Pebble doesn't. Um, which is sort of absurd for a top yeah. 50 golf course. Um, but yeah, the range, the range of the personal was fine. It would have been a great, um, you know, we run in back to our hotel and get to dinner. It, I feel like we may be a little bit higher if we had all sat on the back porch overlooking the Pacific and the first fairway and had a cocktail after. Yeah. The, it's, yeah, we didn't get to really explore to it, like you said, because we had to get out of there, but they, it did look like they kind of had like a nice little restaurant bar room area spot and a, a nice patio kind of overlooking the course that, that might've made things um, well, a little bit better. Out on the return trip. Well, there you go. I think, um, yeah. I think it's safe to say dad wants to go back so we can kind of start, start leveraging that one as soon as we can. Um, service. Is there any, anything to really even talk about with that? That they were fine. They said they, they said they wouldn't let us take a third card out for mom, but they let us take a third card out. So five, they did great. They, they sold us stuff and they let us take out a third card. Everybody I talked to seemed pretty nice. I don't know where you roll it into. Um, I don't know where you roll it into the rankings map, but the, you know, the pace, I know that we all at the time we're getting a Lancy on the back. We, we backed up a little bit, but you know, we played that round about four ten, which I mean, for a top hundred course is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so it was nice to see it moving along. Of course, we also played on a Thursday morning. Yeah, I thought the pace on the front nine was great. The pace on the back nine was not. I don't think we waited for a shot more than 30 seconds or so on the front nine for a shot, but then on the back nine, we kind of struggled with that pace. Yeah, if we played at the front nine pace, we would have been done like in three, like 3.15. I, yeah, I think we might we, have we time for that back porch cocktail then. Uh, we ended up doing just fine in the hotel restaurant. restaurant. You call it the restaurant turn conference or conference room turn restaurant. That was a lot of fun. Um, all right. Pebble beach or no, no spyglass. We'll go to the Pebble beach resort. First course we're going to talk about is um, yeah. what we were told by Mike was kind of the, was, was going to be the hidden gem that he heard. Um, I think it lived up to that expectation and even more i think spyglass hill blew us all away um so tim uh, i'll let you start out here spyglass hill difficulty uh, it was the hardest course i played all weekend so it, it wasn't the hardest course i've ever played you know and, and we're spoiled for choice there like a it wasn't as hard a golf course as kiowa um it wasn't as hard a golf course 
about as hard as Aaron Hills, I would say. So, I mean, you're kind of mid four, like a four, five, four, six. It, it probably would have been a five if we didn't have cats. Um, some of those greens were so subtle. I can't tell you the number of times I've stood over a putt, looked at the caddy and said, this is going a little downhill, right? And he goes, no, it's way up the hill or vice versa. Um, it was, it was incredible how many times that happened, but, uh, you know, high, I don't know what I say, four, six, four, seven. So four, seven, it was, it was difficult, but I played more difficult golf courses. Mike. Yeah, Tim, I would echo your sentiment on the greens and me seeing an uphill putt and the caddy saying, nope, it's downhill. Uh, like, I, I've never seen that before playing golf. And I was, I was like embarrassed that, <laughs> oh, you yeah, know, of course this is downhill. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah it's like all, all three of us have played a lot of golf. And it's like, I, I, I normally can tell you which way a putt breaks. I just, I totally lost, but thank God they were out there. I played pretty well. Yeah, I would, I would have it. It wasn't the most difficult course I've ever played, but it was, it was up there. Um, I would have it a four, five on difficulty. Um, the back tees, there are a couple holes that you, you kind of had to amp up with a driver, and I missed a couple of those fairways. But like, like number one, um, that par five that goes all the way down the hill was yeah. – right out of the gate, like I thought a super intimidating hole. Um, I also thought the conditions of the course like helped it though, too. Cause like you didn't get a bad lie anywhere. It, it seemed like on the rough or the fairway, the greens were immaculate. Uh, you had no bad breaks. The bunkers were some of the best sand I've ever played out of. Um, not to say I played out of a lot of the bunkers, but well, there were a couple. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, like a four, six, I, I thought it was very difficult, but not like unfairly difficult. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, a four, probably five. I, I think what you guys said was right. It's the greens made it, maybe I'm going to echo both of you. The greens were so incredibly subtle that had we not had caddies, I think this, I might have this course at like a four, nine, because I, I we would have all been lost on the green. There would have been several putts that we would have put just completely wrong and, and probably would have, they probably saved, you know, five or six shots, I would say for all of us. Um, I thought off the tee, it was like, it was challenging, but it wasn't overly, it, they, they gave you a little bit of room for air. I didn't think there were as many holes as like, there were a few on Positiempo that were, were incredibly tight. I didn't think there were a ton on, on Spyglass. It really made you be incredibly accurate off the tee, but if you were incredibly wayward, you're in trouble. Um, and I thought the greens were, like getting to the green, like Pinehurst defenses, those turtle backs. I thought Spyglass's defense was, we're just going to make some of these greens incredibly tiny. Like you really have to be on or you're in the sand. And I think it was Mike who said there were a couple spots that reminded him of Cog Hill with some bunker protection there. Um, so I thought, it, like, like you guys both said, not the hardest course I've ever played, but very, very close to, to being right there. I think Pinehurst might be the most difficult course I've played, but I, I think that was right there just below it, just a notch or two below it. A lot of a lot of dogleg whites on that course, more than I like because I think a lot of the doglegs are actually dogleg lefts. So if you're a righty that likes to hit that high cut off the tee, it, you're going to have a nice time at that course. Yeah, no wonder I played well. Okay. <laughs> you just upset you couldn't play your cut. <laughs> yeah, as a lefty that likes to cut the ball, it, there you I, go. It, it try to go over some trees that sometimes worked and sometimes did not. Uh, how about fairness? Mike, we'll start with you since you're talking about the, uh, you didn't like the shape of the course. Well, no, it was fair. I know, I, I know, Mike. 
I have to hit a draw and not a cut. Uh, sorry, we're so sorry that you have the ability to hit both. In fairness, I would I would put as a five. I didn't really. I can't remember anything about the course that was really unfair, other than, or not other than, but like a couple of misreads by me that the caddy helped with. Um, the conditions were immaculate. Um, pins were good. Greens were perfect. Uh, I would have. I would have was a five. Tim, four nine, and and the point one is is really for one golf shot. The eighth hole, which is at that big uphill par four. Yeah, you know, the caddy's called the the longest par four under four hundred yards in the world, and it is. It's like uphill three stories. Um, that drive bordered on silly. I mean, it was. You couldn't miss left. You couldn't miss right. You know, they're tight trees and the, the fairway was slanting. So, you know, unless you could hit spin, you know, right to left, which I can't, um, you know, you basically had to try and slingshot one down the left edge, hope it stayed on the right edge. That, that was kind of silly. But beyond that, there was nothing unfair about that golf course. It was just, uh, I think somebody called it relentless. It was, it was a relentless golf course. You had to hit a good shot every time. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm with you. I'll have it at a, as a four nine, I just, cause I don't like giving anything a five. Um, it, it was a, well, there might be one or two things on Pebble. I give a five because if there's a perfect golf course, it might be that. Um, but yeah, it was there. There was nothing about it. That, like you said, that was unfair. There were some really difficult greens, but I didn't ever like once, uh, if I asked my caddy, I said, I think this one's you know going to leak a little bit to the right and is a tad uphill. And he said, Hey, it's actually downhill into the left once I actually took a better look at it and gave it like really looked at he, what he was showing me, it's like, Oh yeah, you know what? You're right. That that's the case. And we usually got that down. Um, so yeah, I thought it was incredibly fair. Um, I hate to keep giving this as, as high ratings as we can, but this, I mean, this is every part of this course, I think really checked off every box. Um, let's go with conditions. Mike, let's start with you again. I like picking the order here. I'd like uh, just surprising you. Four nine, yeah. they're they're really. I I, I don't want to give it a five, I guess. But like, if I, I probably should. Like, there wasn't really any part of the course that I thought wasn't like almost perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially those ocean holes, like that can get difficult to keep and maintain those. Um, and also, we played it two weeks, so maybe I guess it, this is the help of it. But we played it two weeks after the pros played there. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, I guess maybe that's why I was in such good shape, but like a four nine. Yeah, I think there's as a another sneak preview when we get to Pebble, right? Distinction between Spyglass and Pebble is the pros did play there two weeks ago, but there weren't any bleachers or fan mm-hmm. uh, infrastructure that was set up for it. So like you didn't you you got the perfect conditions without any of the you know, kind of the after effects of putting up a bunch of tents or bleachers. I, I, I have it as a five, that, that course was in immaculate shape. Um, yeah. I have nothing uh, to complain about. I, I, I just, I, I agree with both of you. I have it at a four nine. Um, it was incredibly well kept. There wasn't a, a spot that, you know, looked bad to, you know, that looked bad to the eye. Um, we talked about it, how it was, uh, Mike said how they kept the beach, you know, beach water holes, like, really kept well. I thought it's basically two different golf courses and the mat, the mat, the way that they're kind of to take the same amount of care and keep all six, you know, all 18 holes, even though six are totally different than the following 12. 
Um, I was really impressed by that. And I, I know we mentioned it all uh, a couple of times to each other throughout the last, those last 12 holes, but this is probably the time to bring it up. Those last 12 holes, having been to Augusta, like we all have, you kind of felt like with how green it was, with how well kept it was with the trees, with the way the bunkers looked like you were at some version of Augusta, not, not that you were at Augusta. It's obviously not Augusta national, but it had that type of feel to it. And if you can ever give a course that type of compliment, I, I, I think you have to be pretty close 12, to perfect with it. Number 12, you could have put it Augusta. I thought it was that perfect. Number 12 was because I, 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 those two par threes on the back are, are so similar to each other, but 12 is the one that we all were like, Hey, if the T box was 50 yards to the left, that would be 12 at Augusta. Correct. That's the par three. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. The longer one, 12 yes. was, you know, it was a decent mid iron. 15 was like a little, little wedge. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, for people who don't know, right? I, I don't know if many of your listeners have played Spyglass Hill or even all that for it because it's kind of, it's kind of hidden at the Pebble Beach Resort when when Pebbles on property, but like Just you know, they, they, like that course is is wildly different. It, it's it is almost two golf courses. The first five holes go right along the ocean, and it can it, it wasn't all that windy for us, but I imagine it's often very windy. You know, you have unbelievable scenery and beach, seventeen mile drive, and then six T is just you essentially turn your back to the ocean, hit two shots way up the hill, and you don't see the ocean for the last. 12, 13 holes. I mean, it's, it's kind of wild how different they are. And I don't know about you guys. I was almost a little bummed on the six T. I was like, all right, like that was really cool. And now we're going to go and not see the ocean. And I'm sure it'll be fine. But yeah, a lot of the best holes in that golf course are actually back up in the forest, which was stunning. The first six holes were more scenic because you're along the water and it was really cool. It was a great way to start. But the, like the better golf course was, I think the last 12 holes. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but I think the holes like got almost better. They didn't have the scenery combination to go with it. And Tim, I was with you in the caddies. I think we were walking up the, was it the seventh uh, or sixth or seventh, whatever fairway, the last tee box right along the water, they're going away from it. And one of the caddies said, you know, say goodbye to the ocean. It was like, Oh, this will still be great. You know, that was for those first few holes were awesome. These probably won't live up to it, but they did. They lived up to it. I thought there were better golf course, there are golf holes on the back two thirds couple of greens uh, on, I think it was number four and five, too. Uh, you do get Cypress in the background, which I, yes. thought was, which I thought was pretty cool. Mike got a fantastic picture of me. I was, uh, what, what was the par three? Was it number four? No, four no, is the par four. I agree. The crazy no, the, yeah, that, okay, I'm thinking, of, yeah, that's right. Four was the, the narrow par four. Five was the longer of the two par threes in that stretch, where I was just kind of off the green. I was in like the first cut to the left of the green and Mike got a, a great shot of me chipping with Cypress in the background. And I think that might be the closest I'll ever get to Cypress, but I'm okay with that as at least I'm in a picture with Cypress. Yeah. We'll see. You're going to work your magic one day for us, Mike. Pull all the strings. You know how to do that. Um, all right. So we can get into scenery then on this one, or do we want to do that for all four courses? I think we just kind of went through senior. Yeah, we kind of went through senior, whatever. All right. Next course, we'll go to Spanish Bay. That was the one we played next. I know we, we were going to like, I knew we'd go a little bit long here with four golf courses to talk about. So we can skip a few of the categories. It's not a, it's not like we're keeping this an official record book. Uh, Spanish Bay difficulty, Michael. Uh, difficulty I would put as a three, four. Um, I didn't think the holes were all that. Sorry. My lights are flickering. Um, Jeez. No, 
the holes weren't all that dead. Tim, take this. My lights are flickering. I'm nervous. Right? <laughs> Mike's distracted. Just turn off your lights then, Mike. It's probably, Mike said a three-something. I would say a four. Um, and it's hard. I, I'm trying to be unbiased because this was definitely the day that I played the worst. I think a lot of us played the worst. Um, I didn't play that. We all played the worst, yeah. I didn't. But they, there were... Um, there weren't a ton of overly difficult holes. You could definitely tell on the back, especially once you got down the last four or five holes right down on the water and the wind was blowing, that if the wind blows out there, it could be very, very hard. Um, but you can't count on that as a defense of the course. I'd say four four for me puts it uh, harder than Pasatiempo, but not as hard as Spyglass. I think that's fair. Uh, I'm more, I think, on Mike's side here. I think I had it at kind of a three, five. And I talked about it with Pasa, how Tim and I have kind of different golf games. So I think the, it's a little bit of a longer course and I, I put more open off the tee. It gives you a little lot more room for air or a lot more room for air, I should say. So I, I have it at like a three, four ish because I just, if I made a mistake off the tee or if I was kind of wayward, I still was usually in a spot where I could, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing because Mike's getting up and walking around. Uh, I could actually have a, a chance to hit a, you know, recovery shot or, you know, bounce back shot, all that kind of stuff. And then and, and scramble for a scramble for a par or scramble to make bogey. Didn't have to settle for a whole lot of doubles like Pasa with, with the, some lost balls. Um, but yeah, I thought when we got to like the second stretch of water, I think this was the first like six were along the water the next few were kind of more inland and then the last six were back along the water. So kind of the opposite of, of spyglass there. Um, we got a, a little bit more of a mild day, so at least on the first six, I thought the, the last few holes we played 17 and 18, the wind really picked up and that made it pretty challenging. Um, but other than that, I didn't think there was anything overly difficult about the course. So I had it like a three, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, get your light, your light situation figured out. I think it was just one uh, one light bulb that was kind of going in and out, so I shut it off. Oh, that's good. Well, you can you change the light bulb and that'll probably work out. Screw, screw it in a little bit tighter. That'll probably fix it for you. Um, fairness. Tim, let's start with you. Um, fairness, I mean, probably like a – I'm trying to figure out where I where I put the other two. And I, it, I'd be the lowest score of the four, um, so maybe like a 3.8, 3.9. Two, two reasons. One, and maybe, Matt, you and I played just missed on different holes, and maybe I missed on the wrong holes, but I found a lot of holes out there that didn't have a place to miss. Either you hit the fairway or you were in the gorse or the waste. Um, and then I, it, I don't want to knock this as fairness, but it, it just it is. When we got down to 15, 16, 17, and the wind was really whipping, I mean, there were a couple holes there where you could see 10 more miles an hour on the wind. It would have been hard to hit the fairway. Was it um, 16, that, like, longer par four that was – we were, like, must have been dead into, like, a 20-mile-an-hour wind? Yeah, dead into it. We got a little yeah. lost. I think, I think 15 and 17 were the par fours um, that were okay, both in the wind. Okay, it might have been 17 then. And, and it was just – I mean, I, it might it the be, last par four. It might be a cop for me to call it unfair. It was just really effing hard. Yeah, that's a fair point, Mike. Uh, sorry, what, this was fairness? Fairness. Yeah, yeah, like a three, four. Uh, I did not have my best day on that course, especially on the back nine. There, were, there was a tee shot 
on, I think it was 11, where I kind of blew up. Yeah. Uh, is another one of those slight dog leg rights, which I don't like. And then I saw on the GPS thing that like, okay, well, if I want, it was a part five. If I want to hit this driver, which I do, I got to hit a, like a high cut over this tree and land it into this super narrow fairway. So of course I try, I don't, I pull it, pull it way right. Um, and, and like, you know, I throw my, I didn't throw my driver, but I. You did. It was a toss. It was a gentle toss. No, I didn't throw the driver. I slammed it in my bag and then noticed a dime-sized dent. Um, I, I thought there was a toss. There was a club toss the next hole. Got it. Okay. I knew there was a toss in there somewhere. I wanted yeah, to bring it was my six because, I did, I did you, my six iron. Usually I'm the one who's made, made fun of for the tosses, so I wanted, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, a couple, sure couple blow-up holes in the back that I thought were extremely unfair. Um, a three, three, four. Um, I, I have it probably around a like a three seven or so. I thought there are a few parts of it like that that might have been a little bit gimmicky in terms of greens or, or fairways and, and and stuff. But like I, I didn't think there was anything overwhelmingly fair or unfair about it. So I just kind of have it more in the the average category. And Tim. I think we do play like you and I might consider things fair or unfair different off the tee because like your misses are in difficult spots. When I just miss like into the rough or into the deep rough, I'm just happy my ball's not lost. So for me, that's like, Oh, that's, that's easy. Like that's just, I, my ball's in play. So for me, when I miss off the tee, if it's out of bounds, that's when I start to say it's unfair wide open. While this course wasn't incredibly wide open, you could find your ball pretty easily, no matter where you were. So that made me fairly happy. Um, all right. What do we have next? Scenery. Uh, we'll, we'll go to Pebble. No, we don't. Conditions, anything, anything to say about conditions on this course? I, I think it's a Pebble Beach resort course. I thought they were all fine. Like I thought they were very, very I mean, good. Conditions and scenery. This was in, look, Spanish Bay is a no doubt top 100, probably top 60 public course in America. So like, this is all graded on a curve, but of the four, it was, it was, the only one that really felt like you were playing at a resort course, you know, like you, you, there wasn't a driving range, which is a minor annoyance, but it is an annoyance when you're, when you're trying yeah. to warm up for a round of golf that costs, you know, $300, whatever it costs. Right. Um, and then, you know, you kind of had a lot of holes that just kind of went back, back one way, back the other way. And then you kind of wound back behind the tennis courts and the condos and so you know, that would be my only knock, I guess. Not, not to say it wasn't a very good golf course, but it was the only place that I felt like, oh, I'm like at a Florida resort playing the golf course. Yeah, that a very be, nice one. Between but, being either along water or along, you know, condos, townhomes and stuff, you definitely felt like you were at a little bit of a resort course, which yeah. is fine. It was still a great golf course. And we're grading it up against three other courses that are top 25 courses in the country in terms of public courses. Mike, you look like you got something to say. Yeah, I would agree. And if you're a surfer like I am, there are actually are a few uh, holes that you do get to see some perfect uh, waves with the surfers out there and how, and how they. Some would say Mike actually got a little bit distracted on a few holes because the, the waves and the surfers were going at it so well. Oh, they were perfect waves. Got to make sure Gino listens to this one. All right. Um, let's get to the, you know, we're going to get to pebble, but I do, I, I want, I, we have to bring up the hay at some point. Um, we're not going to do a full course breakdown, but the three of us have been fortunate enough to play 
we played the hay, we've played the cradle at Pinehurst, we've played whatever um, Forest Dunes' course is called. I can't remember. Uh, the it's sandbox. Known the, it's known as the bootlegger now. It was unnamed. Okay, the, we played it. There you go. The, the, bootlegger. the bootlegger at Forest Dunes. And then, um, Mike, now, was that a Diet Coke? Now, Matt, a bit of. My last Diet Coke. God. Then, getting, you know, then we play the sandbox. A, a bit of trivia for you. Do you know why it's named the bootleg? Um, something about prohibition. No, that's middle of Michigan, so that probably didn't exist there. No, you're, you're actually pretty close. Forest oh. Dunes was originally owned by the uh, members of the Detroit Mafia, and they oh. used to use it as a site for storing illicit alcohol during prohibition. Well, that is quite far from Detroit, so... <laughs> That would make sense because I don't know who else who would like anyway, to go out there. That's inside let's talk, the head. Let's let's just uh, we don't need to do like ratings or scales or anything, but just uh, of all the ones we've played, where do you think this short course in terms of the course itself, the environment, uh, um, anything else you want to talk about? Comments on the hay, Tim. You know, it was I, I actually think really important <laughs> trip. You know, this was it was the third day after Spanish Bay. We played early in the morning, and I think you know there was a point in the back at Spanish Bay that everyone was just kind of tired and annoyed, and you know, I had a great was, time in Spanish. It was a lot of golf. I know Matt was playing better, but um, you know, to be able to just kind of put on some shorts and a hoodie, grab a couple beers, walk with three clubs, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, it's tough to rate short courses because they're all, I mean, the hay was, it was 600 yards, right? I mean, like it was, it was probably the shortest of the short course we played. A lot of the whole Pinehurst was, the rest was pretty short too. The cradle was pretty short too, but um, I mean, the vibe was really cool. We played it on a Saturday afternoon. It was jammed with, with, you know, people were playing music, drinking beers. It was just, it was a really fun way to spend two hours on a Saturday afternoon. And, and oh, by the way, you're at the top of a big hill looking down on Stillwater Cove and the Pebble Beach Resort. Yeah, I thought the view of it was uh, the vibe and everything was awesome. But doing all of what what you just said, you know, casual golf, just short little chip shots, having a beer, listening to music, and having a view that looked, you know, was was it one of the most amazing views? Not only just playing golf, but just kind of that you've ever really seen, just overlooking that cove, those mountains, the Pacific Ocean, all that it was. That that part of it is unmatched. I, I think. The vibe, everything about it was really, really good. I just think the one thing that – I think the cradle was the first short course we played, and I think that set the bar so incredibly high because I think that is that is kind of right there with the hay is, is the one short – the best short course I played. I think what the cradle did better was having the music kind of – be more controlled by whoever, you know, by the resort. They had, you know, the loudspeakers throughout, you know, different parts of the course and having, you know, a drink stand at three, a drink stand at six, a, you know, a couple throughout there. Also, I liked how Pebble, uh, it still hasn't, haven't come across, of course, does this yet. Pebble actually gave you the little, um, the little caddy bag or whatever they're called, um, which I kind of like. Instead of us having to worry about who's carrying one bag with all our clubs, it was, hey, here's this little bag, you know, throw couple of golf balls and three clubs in there and your putter Pinehurst and go did. ahead you mean pebble did not pebble i'm sorry pinehurst did that pebble did not. thank you for correcting. i actually think sand valley does that too in non-covid non-covid times that is, in may 2020 you know, so I guess we we'll still have to see when we go in may yeah, we, maybe we'll have to do a re course <laughs> have we have we done a sand valley course no. review did we do that 
No, we didn't do that. We did Forrest Dunes, so maybe we'll do that. We'll get Seeger on the pod too. Maybe and I was gonna say Mike Zamino, but I think he might be a little bit too much for our audience. Um yeah, I'm excited to see what the sandbox has in terms of non-COVID times. Mike, what'd you think of the hey? I agree with both of you. I those short courses, I I'm not even really looking to like play golf because you just played golf. You're really just kind of looking to chill with a with a wedge and a putter and a few yeah. beers. So and I thought it hit perfectly. And the views are incredible. Like, are any of these ones perfect? But, like, you know, it was exactly what I was looking for. I was just looking to chill with, with, with my brothers. It sounded like everyone else had buddies out there and just a few beers, music playing. Like, really cool vibe. The weather was perfect. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and Tim, I think you said it well, too. I think we were all kind of exhausted after the Spanish Bay round, whether or not uh, it, it, we were we played a lot of golf and it had been a lot. And I think that, hey, the, the time we played the hay and when we did, it was just kind of a perfect little break, just something to do, kill some time, not really be, we were playing serious golf. We we're just kind of out there messing around, having a few beers, not just sitting, you know, in the room or anything. I think that was kind of perfect uh, for when we did it. So I, I think we're all pretty in, in lockstep here that that is one of, if not the best short courses we played. Um, last but not least, the main event, the, best public course in America and probably will be for as long as all of us are alive. Uh, Pebble beach, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Um, let's talk difficulty of Pebble beach. Uh, difficulty would be a four, four, I think. Um, the greens were small. Fairways are pretty easy to hit. It wasn't overly long. Um, so I guess if we're talking just in terms of difficulty, like I wouldn't, like I thought spyglass was harder. Yeah. Um, I'd agree. So yeah, like a four, four, a difficult, yeah. I, I don't really go to Pebble beach though for difficulty. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like a four, four, two. I mean, it's worth noting that we had a very calm day out there and we had a little bit of a breeze, um, but nothing that would amount to, you know, more than half a club, one club wind. I, I could certainly see some of those holes, you know, five through 12, right. Being absolute monsters. If something's whipping 25 miles an hour off the Pacific, but yeah, like, like a four, two. Yeah. I I have it probably at a four, four. I I think off the tee, you were, it was fairly forgiving, but it made you, if you weren't in the fairway off the tee, you had to hit a really, really perfect second shot. And even if you were in the fairway, your second shot had to be really good because the greens were smaller. The bunkers obviously protected the greens really well. Um, I think we did get lucky, Tim. Like, like you said, there was no huge, none of the holes along the water, which most of it is were, you know, 30 mile an hour winds like you can get out there. Uh, I thought we had a pretty mild day, which, which made it pretty helpful. Um, I also thought the greens were, not quite as subtly difficult as spyglass, but they were definitely faster. Um, and they were still pretty subtly difficult. Like I didn't, there were less holes that I found myself needing the caddy than spyglass, but there were still few that, you know, without the caddy, I would have had a putt that I thought maybe was uphill and was actually a little bit downhill. Yeah, definitely not as difficult, but pretty difficult. I, I with the exception of a couple, like, like the fourth green is tiny that little par four that you kind of start, start seeing the ocean. The fourth green is minuscule, but yeah. besides a couple of those, I, I didn't think the greens were as small as I expected them to be. That was I mean, there, weren't any, there weren't any massive, you know, 50 yard greens that you do see at some of these courses, but like for all you hear about, one of the things you hear about Pebble is the greens are tiny, the greens are tiny. 
they were small. I didn't think they were ridiculously tiny. Um, let's go to fairness. I mean, I think Pebble Beach is going to be as, as fair of a course as there is, especially on a day we didn't have some win. But, Mike, what do you think of the fairness of Pebble? Yeah, I had it as a, a probably a five. There's, I didn't think there was really anything unfair about the course. Uh, they had longer par fours, shorter par fours, longer par threes, shorter par threes. Yeah, nothing. The greens were fine. Bunkers were fine. Nothing really unfair about it. It was pretty perfect. Tim? Yeah, I have a five. I can't think of anything that was unfair on that golf course. I'm just going to make it easy. That's I don't like doing fives, but that was a five. There was every, everything about it was incredibly fair. It was right in front of you. They didn't hide anything from you. You had to pretty much have a caddy, so they told you anything, you know, like on, on six when you had the big uphill shot where to go with it. Everything was pretty fair. Um, conditions, Tim? Um, yeah, like a four, seven. I mean, it, it's – and this is similar to your Pasa Tiempo statement. It, it, some of the conditions were a little bit off, but not in the playing corridors. They were off mm-hmm. because of some of the stands that you saw were up and there was still some construction, which is unfair to knock a course. It is TNT reality, right? So I think, I think 4-7, very high, but um, I would say probably not in quite as pristine a condition as Spyglass. I, I would agree with that. I'll, I'll, I'll take next. I have it uh, like a four five i think it was like you said the only i think we played that course three months later i think it would have been like closer to a five but just because the at&t had been there and you can clearly kind of see some of the spots along 18 had the the dead grass because the bleachers were still up and the 17 green slash 18 d still kind of had the bleachers up um probably knocked it down a little bit but that's not really like on the course that's just something that's they need time to you know fix all you know get all the grass back to where it needs to be mike yeah, same. Same as you guys. It's, we don't really have to go much further that's, than that. That's fair. Um, all right, let's talk scenery. Uh, I think that we, we agree this is probably the most scenic of the courses, as, as cool as Spanish Bay was along some of those like beaches. I think this has yeah, to it be. Was, it was a six. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, uh, that's a good way to put it. The only thing I'll add to that, because every, anybody, everybody's seen pictures of Powell Beach or played it, and you see, it was surprising to me how a lot of those holes on the back we're just as scenic as the holes on the front because yeah. you're just coming back above the, the, the front nine holes, you know, 11, 12, 13, as you're going back to the clubhouse, you, you still see the ocean. You're just not right next to it. It's actually somewhat comforting. You can't hit it into the ocean. Yeah. I thought that, like, like you said, we've seen Pebble beach on TV pictures, video games, all, you know, for the last, however many years we've been watching golf, but like still, being on that seventh tee and it actually the sixth green, I thought was a kind of an underrated spot because it gets overshadowed by being right next to the seventh. Like you said, you know, nine through like 13, you're or, or sneaky underratedly really scenic holes too, right along the water. Like some of those spots, even though you've seen them a million different times on pictures and TV still like live up to the hype and more, they just kind of blow you away by how awesome it is when you're actually there. It was hard to believe we were actually there. Yeah, it was, it was just awesome. Uh, I, I, we were, I, mean, I think we were walking on like four or five, and we kept trying to take pictures. And I think you said to me, like, really doesn't pictures. matter what pictures yeah. I take; they're just never going to do it justice. And it was, it was just so true because you just kind of knew walking it that it, it, nothing could could come close to this in terms of like a picture or a video you take. It was just it was something you just had to see and feel. Um, also. 
if, so like I would assume people that listen to this, to this specific podcast are golf fans and Mostly, they know yeah. the Jordan Spieth shot. I oh my God. We all went up to there. Like we, we went all like close to it. We didn't actually go up to it. Okay. Well, I, I probably went like three feet away. Okay. Okay. He, he was an inch from dying. Like that, that drop off is straight down a hundred feet. Like yeah. I, I could not believe he took that shot. I was like, 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 like he was, he was on that. a downslope towards a 60 foot drop into the Pacific ocean. Like my tee shot was back and to the right of that, probably like 60 yards, like in the right rough. It wasn't even like a bad spot. It was probably 10 feet from the cliff, but even where I was like, I was a little bit like nervous. My back foot slipped out of one shot. And like, I was, my, I was a little bit like shaky. Like, I don't know how he did what he did. Like, Tim, I think I was, well, I walked up to it with Tim because I think Mike was walking with dad and Tim and I walked up there and I was like, I fully understand how Jordan Spieth had a panic attack on the green because he was legitimately that close to dying. Like it was that close. Yeah. It, it wasn't like if he fell, like maybe he would survive, no, but he's no, gone. if he fell, he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> that been well, on that note, something for CBS. So, like, please, if anybody goes there, do not don't don't hit the shot. shot. Don't try to hit the shot. Walk up kind of close to it. There's a little bit of sign. There's a little sign that basically says, you know, danger or something. It's right about that shot, that spot. Don't go anywhere farther. Don't drop a ball. Don't try it. You're gonna get the. If you have any sort of fear of heights, even if you don't, you're gonna get into a little bit of a little bit of a panic attack. Um, all right, so let's talk the entire resort here. Um, let's rate the amenities from restaurant to the room to the pro shops, everything in between. Uh, Mike, start with the amenities of Pebble. Five. I mean, it's it's Pebble Beach. It's, it's going to be. Yeah. They had like they had just like a row of shops at, at the hotel. They had a, um, they had a mall. It was like a strip mall. Nance Vineyard Vine store, which was amazing. We didn't buy anything, but it was still amazing. Uh, you know, it was a five. Everything about it was immaculate. It was perfect. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just, are we all giving this a five? Like, Yeah, yeah. let's just talk about what's cool about <laughs> it. I, th- I was thinking, I was trying, like, when we were thinking about the amenities, was just going through stuff that, that stuck out to me. And well, what, do you, what do you guys think is, was one of the more underrated parts of Pebble Beach, the course, that maybe somebody wouldn't think about? Because I have one. I, I would say... Why don't you start, then? The, the tee shot from 16... I would say never gets talked about. And I mm-hmm. thought that was one of the cooler tee shots on the course. Cause you were coming, looking down back at 17, you could see parts 18, you saw the ocean, you saw the clubhouse. I thought that was one of the cooler tee shots that talked about on TV or really even shown on TV. So, uh, so that would be mine. Tim, you got anything? No, that's the one that came to mind for me. I would just, the, the resort as a whole, it's just so cool how you're kind of in, it's almost like a little village. There's shops, there's restaurants. You, you don't, you know, we left a couple of times, go to dinner or go to play in a Spanish room. You don't have to leave if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, and I think they're counting on that. Uh, it was, it was the nicest hotel room I ever stayed in. It was also the most expensive hotel room I ever stayed in. They're probably related, um, but Likely. just an yeah. unbelievable place. Uh, Man, I think uh, you know, I slept okay. Um, somebody turned on a closet light and couldn't figure out how to turn it off, so I had that shining in my face most oh, of the time. Oh, I need my robe. Yeah, good thing you got your robe there, Mike. Um, 
The, the thing about the course that stuck out to me that I think is often underrated, I know it's seen as a, one of the better par fives in golf, and it's, it's a super long, famous par five, but 14 on the back. I knew it was a long, difficult par five. I, I hit like a decent drive. I think it was like left side of the fairway. And seeing how far uphill you had to go, like it was like 330, like straight uphill. It reminded me a lot of like we've talked about with Augusta when we were at Augusta, how you don't realize how hilly that course is. I had no idea how much longer that made that hole because not only was it like a 500 some yard par five, but the second half, second, you know, two thirds of the last two thirds of the hole were straight up into the, we're just straight uphill. And I think that made it that much more difficult. Mike, I think you tried to hit the longest three wood of your life there and hit it really, really well. And still ended up about oh, like 40, like yeah, you were still like 40 still yards short of the green though. Right. Yeah. I still had like 45 in. That's Put it to yeah. about 10 feet. Missed the putt. Good part. Well, you should have made the putt. Um, I, I think in terms of the amenities that I, I, I wanted to talk about the room too. I know Tim, you said we, upgraded a little bit out of availability to a room that oversaw 18 and the ocean. If you're going to Pebble beach and you're staying on site, it's going to be expensive kind of no matter how much you pay for it. And I don't, I think if you have the means, which you probably do, if you're going to Pebble spend a couple, if you're going with a group, especially spend a couple extra bucks a night and get one of those rooms that's overlooking 18 in the water because there is not a better way to go to bed at night. There's not a better way to get up in the morning. There's not a better view to, if you're just sitting around during the day to watch people come up, that is for how expensive all of the rooms are on that property, on all of those properties. If you can, I would say bump it up and get yourself a a view of 18 because that was, that didn't make the trip, but that was one of like being able to do that at night, being able to do that in the morning, being able to do that for the, the few you know hours a day that we're actually in the room, not playing golf. I thought made it that much better. I don't know about you guys, but I think the morning coffee or the morning tea for Tim, there's not a better way to start your day. Yeah. You weren't, you weren't at a Hampton Inn looking to leave the hotel room. <laughs> that's correct. Mike. I think that's fair to say. That's fine. We, we were not at a Hampton. What'd you guys think of the spotlight on 18th? For those of you who don't know, the, the I, entire the, once the sun goes down or once it gets dark, Pebble Beach keeps a spotlight on the 18th green. So the 18th green is lit up; it's illuminated the all day, all night. Super! I thought, cool. I thought it was so cool. I thought I really it was awesome. Thought it was awesome. I one of the pictures I got. I, I know the course pictures of the course will never do it justice, but I think we all got some good ones from the balcony. Like one of the pictures I got at night, like just before the sun was up and the, like the sun was kind of starting to peek up and the spotlight was still on it. I thought that thought it made it, you know, that much cooler. Um, I, I think we kind of covered service here. Everything was awesome. It was Pebble Beach. It was everything was great. They made it really, really easy. So you didn't have to take out your credit card. You just charge everything to your room and that they took a lot of your money that way. Um, so let's just get to the draft. Let's draft some holes and let's get out of here. Um, we're going to draft a par four, a par three and a par five from the trip. And we'll each get a wild card hole where you kind of take whatever you want. Uh, we did a random number generator and it just happened to be that we went in the order of oldest to youngest. So Tim, you have the first pick. It's going to be a snake draft in the inaugural Pebble Beach hole draft. draft. Snake draft. Okay. You just want to screw me over. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. So I hate having the first pick because there's about four or five that I think are just unbelievable holes. Um, there's but, not a wrong first pick. 
but it has to be the 18th at Pebble Beach. Yeah. Um, it just has to be. It's it's one of the coolest tee shots I've ever hit. Um, you know, we we all kind of said, never mind what the tee markers are. We're going and playing it from the left because we're here, right? And that, like, to, to be able to sit out, to sit out there and, and look at, you know, and, and have your caddy tell you that the line is actually left to that tree that's out in the middle of the ferry. Going, no, it isn't. There's just ocean out there. That's um, nice. it's, it's just insane. Um, you know, having the resort, and it's a really, it's also a really good golf, right? That, 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 that tree actually forces a really difficult decision off, off the tee. It's a little tiny green. There's a long bunker. that's pinching you. Right. Um, and you're also finishing up in front of people that are, you know, eating lunch out on the patio. So there's, there's a little bit of don't shank it into the, into the Stillwater grill pressure there too. 18 at Pebble is, is a no yeah. doubt. My part. Yeah. There's a gallery there. Like it's between people there, between people on their balconies. Like it's not just some 18th hole. Like there's a lot of people watching over. There's some pressure on that shot. And like, if you hit a good one to, you know, 10, 15 feet, like you get a little bit of a round of applause. I think there was a guy when we were uh, towards the end of the day on the first night that didn't hit the green and got a little bit of booze from the people around us. Mike, your pick. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to go six at Pebble beach, the par five it's par. It's run on par five uphill second shot into the sixth screen that overlooks the water. Um, I thought it was one of the coolest holes. It's certainly a top five coolest hole that I've ever played. Um, just, you can, you can rip a driver. It's a, you can get there in two if you're a big hitter, even, I mean, not a big hitter, but like, like me. Uh, God, you're an ass. <laughs> but just, this, just the second shot you really, it's like, it's like trying to hit a, hit it over a three story building. Like it really was. It, uh, it's, thought, it's an intimidating. That second shot right. is more intimidating than I thought. Yeah, you had the cliffs to the right. It just dropped straight off. Uh, it just such a cool hole. You you can bomb it down there, but man, like you. Yeah, you can't get too close though. You you can yeah. bomb it down there, but man, there's a whole line of bunkers down the left, and the fairway kind of pinches the further you go, and there's you know the ocean on the right. It's well, and, and you have to hit it higher the closer you you the longer you hit your yeah. drop. Your second. Uh, we are, I, I guess, we, we don't have to, somebody can take this as a wild card, so I, I am going to take my par five here since there's a run on par fives. It's going to be the first non-pebble hole. Uh, I'm going one at Spyglass. I thought one at Spyglass was my, it was my favorite non-pebble beach hole of the trip, and I, if I was, you know, if we were ranking favorite holes we played on the trip, it would easily be in the top five. I thought it was this long kind of dogleg downhill par five, um, it was an easier way to kind of ease into it, but ease, ease into it was a really tough course. But I thought how you started out kind of in the forest, you have a, not a blind tee shot, but you have to trust your caddy with your line. And if you're in the right spot, or even if you're not, it just opens up similar to, I don't, I don't know if anybody listening to this podcast has played Sawgrass, but when you're, you're off the 16th tee of the par five at Sawgrass, you kind of walk around the, uh, you walk around the, the dog leg of the fairway and you see 17, you see 18, you see the water. And that's the first time you see it. I thought it was walking down signal number one at spyglass. And you kind of take that left turn. You see the ocean, you kind of see the course open up. And I just thought that was visually, it was amazing. The hole was amazing. It was, it was tough. It had a bunk, you know, a couple bunkers up front really protected you. It had a shorter, you really had to make a decision. You couldn't, you know, try and hit three wood and miss the green because you were either in the sand or in some deep rough, you either had to hit three wood 
where you had hit eight iron, then hit a good second shot. I think it made you make a really tough choice there. I just, I loved that golf hole. And that was one of my favorite golf holes played on the trip. I'm getting some nods. Agreed. Um, And then it's similar to the way Tim took uh, number 18 at Pebble. There's two par threes at Pebble that are, you know, the, the iconic ones. I have to go with number seven. There shouldn't even be a golf hole there, but they somehow managed to carve a 115 yard par three downhill looking over the Pacific ocean wind, you know, wind kind of swirling. It's just, it was the most breathtaking, amazing par three I think I've ever stood over. So I just, that hole is similar to way Tim said, 18 is self-explanatory. Number seven at Pebble beach is is self-explanatory. It's, it's in theory easy. It's a 115 yard downhill shot, but if you miss any which way, you're in the water, in the water, in the sand. Oh yeah, no, it's not even that. It's like it's like under. It, you're hitting like a little flip wedge, but yeah. Um, one hundred one You're playing it. It's a very easy shot if you're playing it at the hay. But when you're at number seven at Pebble Beach, the the club gets ripped a little bit tired. It's an unbelievable hole. There were two, uh, I think that was that and number one, the first tee at Pebble were probably the two most nervous times I've ever stood over a golf ball. Um, Mike, back to you. But you, the, you said on seven, you were nervous. Yes. Oh, okay. I, that's one of them. I mean, that's just, I, I was nervous. Just just, I think it's number seven. Yeah. It's number seven at Pebble. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go actually number eight at Pebble. Um, I think we love it, Pebble. It's a par four. It's, they, they say it is the coolest second shot in all of golf, which, you know, I haven't. It's the coolest second shot I've ever hit yeah. um, over, you know, over the valley, whatever you want to call it, that drops 100 feet down to the beach, you know, to the green that's over on the other side. Uh, it's, a, it's always a long iron, typically. Uh, you got whatever that mountain was to the right. The beach, I mean, it's just the ambiance of that hole was, was so cool. It's also a blind tee shot. It's just yeah. everything about that hole was, was cool and different and unlike any hole I've ever played. The second shot is a hard, hard golf shot. Yeah. Um, Very. I mean, it's, it's – look, in the first five picks here, Pebble 6, 7, and 8 went. I mean, that, that's – I've never played Amen Corner, but it's, it's – I imagine the closest thing to Amen Corner I'll, I'll ever play. I mean, three holes in a row that are just unbelievable, mm-hmm. kind of out on the point there. Um, it, it, I, I take any of the three of them and be happy. I, of course, got none of the three of them, but I'm happy with getting Pebble 18. Well, yeah, you got 18. You got, feeling, yeah, you got the most iconic public golf hole in America, so I think you'll live. Uh, Tim, back to you here is the, uh, the, the snake wraps around number one. These were dead. This is why I didn't want to have the sixth pick, because I had these five. It's like these five, and now there's like a gulp. Um, yeah. But I'm going to take 12 yeah. at, at Spyglass. Okay. Um, cool downhill par three. Um you know, very Augusty with the big pines pond on the left. It, it really looks like, you know, it, it's like, it's like 12 at Augusta from a different angle. Um, just a really cool golf and a good golf. I mean, there's the, the hill, right. That you, you be in a tough spot if it hangs up there. The pond left. Great. I agree. I'm, I'm with you. I, it's, it's, I think that was, and now we've been to Augusta. It's as close to a, yeah, a hole that I've played that that was as close to Augusta. If that makes any sense. Agreed. That one, I'm actually, I, I'm still a little bit 
frosty about that. I mean, I got one of the best pictures of Matt ever. Falls okay. just after contact. He, he, like it's an unbelievable action shot, but it went in the water. So I can't. Now he's not going to want to use it. Credit to Mike. He got a better picture of me on the T at eighteen at Pebble. So you don't have to worry about it as much. There is a better picture out there of me playing golf, and it was a ball that did not go out of bounds. So I'm happy with that as well. Uh, you need a par three or a wild card, I believe. Uh, I need a par four or a wild card. So I par four. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I forgot we're doing it like this. Yeah. I had my last one. Okay. Mike, you'll be fine. <laughs> so I'm going to take this one because I don't think it's going to get back to me. Um, I'm going to take Spyglass Hill number four. Um, it's along the ocean. You know, there's that dog leg left. It's just, that, that green is absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's maybe maybe 10 yards wide. It's widest. It's probably narrower than that, about 30 yards long. It kind of looks like a it looks like a, like a middle finger. Um just such a cool hole. And and the way the drive is set up to is perfect. It's like the further left you are, the more risk you take, but you also get a better view of the green. Um, great, great hole. I, I love that one, even though I didn't play it all that well. Mike? So I need a par three, so obviously I'm going to – You, you can also take a wild card. You can take your wild card. Oh. Uh, I'll, I mean, I'll go 17, obviously, at Pebble Beach, because yeah. everybody knows it. Uh, it's, it's iconic, super cool shot. I got, I probably got chills or at least I, from what I remember, I got chills just kind of standing over the ball. Like I'm actually hitting it on 17 at Pebble quick wild card. Number five, it's by glass. Cause it's par five that I eagled Tim birdie, but I eagled. So well, you, don't get seven. To, you would just draft it. No, out yeah, of seven, excuse me. Seven. So you just drafted out of order. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You didn't get to make two picks. Well, I eagled it. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I'm going to take uh, for my par four uh, hole that Mike brought up earlier, 16 at Pebble. Um, gets overshadowed because of how awesome 17 and 18 are. But I think all of us stood over that tee shot and kind of said, this is a pretty unbelievable shot. You had the nice little like downhill look into the green, and then you had 17 obviously lurking around the corner. Um, and Mike already got into it. I won't get too far into it, but that is probably that's going to be my wild card. I'm in between two. Or that's my par four, excuse me. I'm in between two for my wild card. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take number three at Spyglass, the par three downhill overlooking the ocean. Um, Solid. I just, in terms of par threes, it was a, it was a very solid par three hitting it downhill, and then you just had the Pacific Ocean in the background, and it was it was well protected with you know a couple bunkers and some tall stuff, so you had to be pretty accurate. But it wasn't it was a fairly simple. It was like a 140-ish yard shot, but there was some wind to work with, obviously coming off the ocean, so you had to take that into account. But I just thought with with the views, uh, with the hole itself, um, it's, it says a lot that we're talking about Pebble Beach and Spanish Bay and Spyglass, and I, we're pretty much all saying Spyglass and Pebble holes, but uh, I, I love that golf hole. I, I thought the first – I've seen, you know, YouTube and, and Google and, and articles, you know, Spyglass Hill has – the best, you know, first five holes in golf. And I, I think after playing those first five, I understand why. So Mike, did you take your wild card or? Yeah, no, my wild card was number seven at Spyglass. Cause I, cause I, it was a great hole and I smoked my drive, smoked my four iron, yeah. 10 feet Eagle. And so far we're 11 for 11 on picking holes from two courses, which I think is just a reflection of, 
It's nothing against Boston or Spanish. They're both great holes, but they're not not in the same league, though. They're just. I'm going to take a hole from the one of these two courses too, and then maybe we'll wrap it up and give one hole each from our from the other two courses that we we stood out. But I would take 14 at Pebble, you know, the the par five. Yeah. Um, Very very hard golf. Uh, Matt already went in it a little bit, but that that is that's a great hole. and, and nowhere near the ocean. There's no water. There's no, it, but it's just, it's demanding. It demands three good golf shots. It's a tough green with a bunker in front, um, but a fun one to play. Yeah. It, it wasn't the dramatic uphill that six was, but it was just a steady uphill climb similar to, like you said, nine at Spyglass was like, you just kept climbing uphill and it just made the hole that much more difficult. And even though like some of those back holes weren't along the water, the fact that like some of those houses that you saw, along pebble along pebble overlooking the water like who was it uh the warrior's owner was one of them back there and I, we, we drove past jim nance's at some point earlier in the trip but some of those houses made for different but also awesome scenery um all right we'll keep it going with the snake draft style then tim so give me uh give me a hole from either one of the other two courses that stuck out to you so yeah the one that i would say 11 at pasta tiempo um, and it's really just only for one shot. Right? It's, it's the par four that is a pretty open fairway. And then the second shot, you have to go kind of diagonal over the big barranca to the elevated mm, green. Yeah. Um, I mean, that second shot is just unbelievable. It's actually it, in difficulty reminiscent of the second shot that you have to hit at eight. At um, and we also played it with a huge sucker pin right over a front mound that day, which made it even more fun. Um, just a really cool hole. And I think kind of set the stage for what a lot of that back nine looked like. You know, the front nine was not flat, but a little flatter, a little more open. That back nine was very much, you had to go over a lot of waste areas and dramatic elevation changes. And that, that set the stage. Mike. Um, I don't, I don't know if it was my Favorite actually on Pasa Tiempo, but a hole that I really liked that I thought was different than a lot of them was I think it was seven, where it was it was a straight par four, but it was just dead tree lined. Yeah, right away. I think it was number seven, and you yeah, really had that's we talked no, about that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you had no room to miss left or right, um, and a tough green. I just thought it was it was a really unique hole on that course, and it was different than kind of any other hole there. So I, I really liked that hole. Uh, I got, you know, it, it, I said one, pick one, but it's my podcast. So I have two that stuck out to me. And actually both of them are at Spanish Bay, both basically. Cause you guys, Mike, that was the whole, I was, I was thinking of from Pasa, um, from Spanish Bay, I think it was 14 was the par five that brought you back from like the, the back holes into like back towards the water, Tim. That's when yeah. I actually got a great picture of you swimming yeah, it was. the ocean. Um, I just thought it was, it was long, you know, uh, undulating fairway. There wasn't really many flat lies, but it was fairly open and you had to you really kind of had to make a choice whether or not you wanted to go for it. And I just thought the view of the ocean coming back to it was awesome. Um, and then also, uh, I think 16 was the par three, um, the, the longer par three kind of right along the water there at the back, which it, it's, I, I have a common theme here of par threes with, with water backgrounds. I think that, <laughs> I think that says a lot about what I like in the golf course, but I thought that course was awesome. Um, or, and Cole was awesome. Excuse me. And then 
bonus bonus hole. I think Mike and I were about a foot away from saying 18 at Pasa where it was, was probably our favorite hole. Uh, Mike and I hit back to back shots, or I don't know if they were technically back. Mike might've hit first, but uh, both of it Pasa was like 145 yard down ish hill. Uh, Down, uh, downwind. Um, And I think I hit a nine iron. Mike hit a wedge. Mike hit one kind of right pin high that, stuck there and was, was a foot away. We both hit it to a foot about. Yeah. And Mike, yeah, Mike was, Mike kind of hit one that stuck right at a foot. I hit one kind of back into the right and was taking this downhill line. And it was, I, I thought it was going, I thought it was going then ended about a foot. I think I took a picture of it. Mike and I were both about a ruler away from a hole in one. So that was, it was close to being on the list, but neither of us made it. So it's not on the list. That, I mean, your score on that hole is like exactly why you love golf. Though. Cause like yeah. that was not your best round. I played, I played, I played, played ter- I played, four. I played an awful and, front nine. I hit yeah. and then on 18, some okay shots in the back and 18. Shot. You birdie it. And it's like, Oh, you know what? All right, we're back. Play. Let's play spyglass tomorrow. Yeah, Let's get I back out there. Yeah. But uh, it was, uh, an amazing trip. Um, I, I hope we get to do again and that maybe not isn't fully as much on our dimes as it was this time. Uh, that's up to dad. Guys, any parting words, advice for anybody that takes this trip in the future? Misses, can't misses, anything like that? If you have a chance to go, go. Yeah. In, in the words of the great Jack Nicholas, if I only had one more round to play, I would choose to play it at Pebble Beach. Yeah, that's, that about does it. Um, Mike and I both said, I don't think, it, it, Tim said as well, there will not be a golf course that t- or a golf trip that tops that one. Uh, and Mike's Mike's Jack quote was fitting. That's how we'll end it. Uh, episode two, 43, 43 of the most Ruins podcast. Uh, Joe and I will be back next week. I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. That's usually something we decide about five you minutes before the podcast. Nope, we do not. Um, you know, maybe in uh, what's it, Tim, how many days until sand Valley? 80 something. 80 something days. days till sand Valley. So maybe in 90 something days, we'll, uh, we'll run this back with, uh, with one or two others from the trip and have ourselves a, a nice reminiscing about sand Valley, because that's definitely a complex that uh, is worth, worth talking about reviewing. Cause it's, it's pretty epic as well. Not quite Pebble beach though. For sure. And um, if Joe ever wants to leave the East coast, he's welcome to come. Uh, you know, Joe has been invited on a decent amount of golf trips. We had one planned for, uh, I think it was, uh, What's for stream song, but then COVID hit. Uh, he was invited, I think, to Sand Valley at one point, but coming from the East Coast in Connecticut, getting to Sand Valley, not the easiest of travels and probably couldn't make work. Joe is invited, though. He knows he has a, he has an invite to most of these golf trips. We'll get him back out. He was was with us in Palm Springs. That was a blast. He'll, he'll come back out with us once or twice. I think he's scared of the singles match against you, Matt. No, 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 no. He's a little, he's, he's a little more consistent than I am. That's it for now on the Moose and Runes podcast, episode 243. Thanks to the, uh, the Rooney brothers for, for joining here on another all Rooney edition of the Moose and Runes podcast. So it's the Runes podcast this week. Thanks for joining, uh, joining guys. Follow us on social at Moose and Runes on Twitter. Send us your mailbags. Both of these guys have, uh, we got episode 250 coming up and we'd like to do an all mailbag one for that. Uh, and we'll catch you next week for episode 244. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, 
and the blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.